Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to Orthopod. My name is Mo Bandari. I'm the editor-in-chief, and uh, we have a very special follow-up podcast today, uh, a podcast that for me was particularly important um, and dates back to early August uh, of this year. We'll get into the details, but let me introduce again, if I could, a uh, uh, friend and colleague, uh, Dr. Fadi El Abedin, who is an orthopedic spine surgeon, uh, chief of orthopedic surgery, working at the Najjar Hospital, uh, in Beirut, Lebanon. Fedi, welcome again, and so nice to see you. Hello, hi, hi Mo, thank you. Thank you very much for this introduction. So I wonder, Fedi, if you'd be kind enough uh, just to remind those listening um, what happened uh, in August that was particularly devastating uh, in Lebanon. And then from there, I think it'd be wonderful to hear a little bit about what's happened uh, since then. Yeah, no, uh, really. It, uh, when I, whenever I remember this day and this time, just uh, we cry because it's uh, it wasn't easy. It was uh, the fourth of August when at six, seven, six uh, and seven minutes p.m. and big explosion happened in uh, in the port of uh, Beirut. So the explosion was massive to destroy a whole city. It destroyed uh, not only the city, it destroyed uh, 300,000 homes. So 300,000 people were uh, homeless and uh, 5,000 to 5,300 persons were really injured. And when I say injured, it's uh, not only injury, just like a small scratch. I'm talking about injury. Some people lost their eyes, their arms, their legs, their hands. And uh, we had 200 uh, persons who died. Who died, uh, they were workers, they were young people. We had kids from all ages, of all ages. And despite this, we had let's say about 90% of the remaining people are uh, really now on antidepressants. It's, it was so devastating and uh, it was just like uh, a big hole of hell opened and to see what, uh, what's, uh, what's inside. So what happened at this time that the all hospitals were in, in the area were damaged. We have uh, like three university hospitals were totally damaged. And around uh, 15 hospitals were damaged partially, especially uh, having at this time, in one minute, having all these 5,600, uh, 6,000 persons coming to hospitals with all their injuries at one point, and the hospitals already were just totally or partially destroyed. It wasn't easy to have all this together. So at that time, I remember we touched base probably early in August, around maybe the fifth, the day after. And I remember at that point feeling very, very struck by just how serious it was and just how devastating things had been. And you described it um, very vividly. Yeah. At that time, you had told us um, that, well, you know, it's, we don't need more people right now. We need supplies. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about what's happened, like in terms of, you know, in a word, like 
I'm sure that, you know, there were supplies in our group sent a little bit um, through uh, Dr. Brad Petrazor and Dr. Dina Brooks and a few others um, through the Rotary Club locally here. What happened um, broadly? And, you know, maybe we can speak a little bit about, you know, the needs you continue to have, but what's come in so far and how have you, what's happened? Because the challenge I think happens a lot, Fadi, is at the moment the world was listening, um, you know, and things happen. But as you know, new cycles switch and new cycles change and then people move on. I'm hoping that you're getting all the resources you need. And today's follow-up is just to make sure that things are going in the right direction. Yeah, well, what happened, uh, just like, uh, as I told you, you have all these injured people coming all together. Every hospital, you know, because you're in a hospital and you know that you have some stocks to, to, to be used in one month, you cannot put in hospital. So what we had in hospital totally depleted. So we lost in one day all what we have to, 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 be, uh, to cover the month or the few months coming. So, and some instruments and uh, things for hospital, hospital uh, uh, drugs and uh, medications and clothes, and whatever, uh, whatever you want for hospitals were destroyed in the port of Beirut. So part of them were destroyed. So uh, we had some groups coming to help us at this point from, from the whole world. But we had, because of our political problem in, in Beirut and uh, the corruption problems, so no government was helping our government. So they were helping NGOs to support people building, rebuilding their homes. And that's why it was a bit difficult because whenever you say, okay, I know this NGO and this NGO is, will not cover the whole, uh, he will, uh, the NGO will cover a group of people he knows. No one can take the place of the government. And that's why it was very difficult for us to survive. And because of the inflation we had, imagine we have 500% inflation in one year. It's, it's, a, it's wow. just like a pity. So it was very difficult for us to buy new stuff or even to sustain or to maintain our machines because all you, you know, they need, uh, they need the support and uh, uh, parts we, we cannot have and buy these spare parts. They are after the inflation, 400, 500%. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy, you cannot, you cannot think of buying any machine or any tool. And thanks for, for people like you and groups that are supporting hospitals and supporting uh, people. And here I want to, to really thank you and thanks Dr. Brad and Rotary and all people who helped and Dina and everyone because you help us, uh, the hospital, and uh, the, the most important thing that we received in the pallet for, for the hospital, we found love inside. It wasn't only gloves, it wasn't only covers, it was just like we felt like 
like whenever you have someone in the family needs something, you just give him what you have. We, we found, I really I was impressed and they really, it hit me uh, hard when I saw some people putting half a box of gloves. They, they took the half for them and gave us the half. So it was really filled with love and like uh, this humanitarian support. It was really human. It was not from the government giving government, it was people giving people and uh, giving with that love and support. And really, this is, I really appreciate from everyone and everybody who supported us with anything, just like some drapes, some gloves, dressing, really it, it was just like someone wanted to help you with whatever they have at home. And this really mean a lot for us. Well, and I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I, I guess since I'm the one speaking with you, I, I would say that um, it was ex in many ways exactly how you are, are portraying it. There was a sense of community and a sense of family. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know, Fetty. I always say that, you know, it's sad that it takes tragedy sometimes to make us all realize we're all humans and we're all part of the same, we're all living on the same earth. And we all deserve the same degree of health and dignity um, and care. Maybe COVID in some ways, as you know, has taught us all that you know, we are all vulnerable. We all need support. From my perspective anyway, um, you know, it, is, it was wonderful um, to be almost a messenger, right? I mean, you were, you were kind enough to take amid, you know, amidst a crisis, you were kind enough to, to, to have a chance to speak with us. Um, and at a minimum, we needed to spread the word locally. And I'm very happy that, you know, uh, as I said, that, you know, that locally uh, through McMaster, the Hamilton Health Sciences and the, the Rotary and things like that locally help. But I do realize maybe that it's probably just the tip of what we call the iceberg on things you need. And I, I wonder if you could share with us what you foresee as the ongoing needs. Um, you know, and maybe again, another message to those who might be listening about um, how we can be most respectful and helpful to our friends in uh, Beirut and Lebanon. Yeah, uh, thank you for, for thinking this way. And really, I, I appreciate this uh, humanitarian approach and the human, let's say human uh, relation. And uh, we all need it. And COVID did a lot for us with this, uh, in this time with families and uh, just uh, reaching each other. So, what we really need because of, uh, of this uh, inflation and difficulties in getting uh, uh, good uh, products, we, we lost this capacity. Unfortunately, with, within one year, one year, we have this inflation and uh, our money lost its value. So, so any product now, uh, like... Uh, when, when we talk about uh, prosthesis, plays, screws that, that were, are expensive in general, and all these uh, machineries, uh, even though these are very, very uh, difficult now for us, if anything is ruined, it's, you have to keep it like, like it is. Uh, I, I just, I give you an example, like what happened in Cuba, they still have these old machines because you cannot get the new ones. Right. And this is, like uh, one year ago, we had the latest technologies and suddenly in one year, we lost everything. We cannot even think of maintaining these products and bringing its uh, 
their their tools to for as spare parts. It's it's really difficult now. So so for example, Fadi, can you give examples? Of, so it sounds like implants are important, plates, screws. Uh, I yeah. suspect nails, external fixators, those sorts of things. Um, in terms of machinery, what type of machinery are you speaking of specifically? You're talking about sort of the imaging machinery, the imaging or anesthetic machines. What, what are you? Um... Definitely now, it's, uh, there is a, when we talk like uh, the monitors, the uh, plates, screws. Uh, I know in prosthesis is difficult because you need the whole set, the whole size. We know, we know this, it's, it's not that easy. Uh, for us, just like when we talk about uh, elect uh, electrocoteries oh, and yes. all these uh, these uh, EKG machines, I know. Just, yeah, just everything. basically, yeah, it seems like so yeah. many things. So at, at the hospital level, I mean, yeah. you sent, uh, you recently posted on LinkedIn through your own site, sort of the devastating pictures of the hospital itself. Yeah. How much, I mean, in the last several months, what's happened? I mean, has, has any of have those pictures looked different now? Have you been able to rebuild in the hospital yeah. or are sections still basically just blocked off because they've been so badly damaged? The first one, the one in Najar Hospital I work with uh, all the time, uh, we, we rebuilt the, the facade now. It's, uh, it's better because there was not internal damage. Mm. So it, it is fine now. But the Rosary Hospital, the Rosary Sisters Hospital, I worked there too. Uh, it, like you saw, it was totally destroyed and right. they had to, to stop totally. And now uh, the hospital is open again in the operating room and one day surgery because they fixed one floor. But the remaining nine floors are uh, totally destroyed, not even a window, not even a bed, not even anything. So you're thinking to, to how to, to build all this. When we talk hospital, we're not talking about hundreds of beds and hundreds of everything. So it's uh, like they have 10, uh, 10 lifts. They are working on two lifts now. Uh, uh, intensive care units totally destroyed. So it, it's, it's massive. It's a destruction is massive. Some NGOs are helping some some governments like uh, in uh, the Kuwaiti, I guess government, they, they said they will fix two floors. People are helping, and, uh, but not governments because there is total blockade on our government and our, because of the political problems. So, but people are really uh, uh, hit by this sanction. So it's, uh, we're having people like you and and uh, helping their groups. Yeah, and the one thing the, I, the people they know. Yeah, and Freddie, the one thing I did uh, note was that it took quite a bit of time for you to actually send us photographs that you had received the information. Obviously, we intended a number of slates to go directly to you uh, in the hospital. Can you yeah. speak a little bit to, to how long it's taking? So, for example, if we were to act again. Um, through, through processes, what do you think happens? Because once they land, once they land on the ports, right? Once they land in Beirut, there seem to be quite a few barriers to you accessing yeah. them. It was very difficult be, because the uh, they the police need the, to 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 check who's taking them, where, where they're going to, how they're going to 
to where distribute them, who's the agent. They want to, they are afraid that some people go, go and sell them. Oh. Because we had this problem with the government. Like if you give the government like uh, these uh, 200 uh, notebooks, you will lose them. You will find them in the market uh, on, uh, on the shelves. So this is what's happening. And they didn't want this, especially the army, they, they didn't want to see this happening again. So if you send me or send Caritas or any, mm -hmm. or Rotary, any, anyone, just yeah. use, you're sending them uh, goods, okay, they want to see these goods going to hospitals, uh, wherever they are intended to go, not Super. to be uh, uh, sold in the market. Understood. Okay, got it. Okay, that that's that's extremely helpful. Well, listen, I I um I'm very very happy that we had a chance to reconnect. Um, I'm particularly happy to see that uh, the intended supplies did reach you, um, yeah. and I will certainly uh, be continuing to promote everything we can. So it's it's pretty clear to me from your from your um, statements today that we are far from um, back to normal, um, and I think. I think I think the psychology of ideas is we have to continue messaging this to the world that you know, um, you know the world cannot and should not be continuing to move on. Uh, we should be also remembering that we have many many friends in all parts of the world who need our help. And uh, I think this follow up is just a small reminder, um, you know, to connect you, you know, to the people out there who I think genuinely want and wish the best for our, our colleagues and friends, uh, you know, in Beirut. Thank you, thank you, Mo. And uh, you said these uh, goods reached me. Yeah, they reached me. And in uh, my role was to give them. I was a messenger, and I gave them to the hospitals in Ajar and Rosary Sisters. And they put them in the operating room. And they thank you for all efforts you did and all the colleagues to make this happen. Yeah, and again, I, I I speak on behalf of all those who I think who genuinely wish the best and have done um, a lot of a lot of heavy lifting, so to speak, on uh, on mobilizing help. Um, and help is what we need, and we have to continue to be, I think, as you're suggesting, uh, mind mindful that uh, you know we are far from over, we are far from at a point of success. So we'll continue to uh, you know to siren the need uh, to support our friends and. Uh, you know, I do look forward, uh, Fadi, to uh, hopefully a day not that long from now where uh, we're able to uh, sit side by side somewhere, whether it's a cafe having a coffee, uh, whether we're in Lebanon or whether we're in, in another part of the world together. But I, I do look forward to that opportunity to shake your hand. Thank you. You know, mind, you. mindful that the, mindful that the so vaccine much. is out soon and we'll hopefully be able to shake hands or at least hopefully, or hopefully at least connect, soon. you know, someday soon. Have yourself a wonderful Hopefully evening. And, uh, thank you so much for everything.